the swearing in of Joe Biden should have represented an existential threat, it seems, to the Q mythology. Q himself, as I understand it, has not posted since 2020. And yet QAnon is still here. So can you explain kind of how that is that QAnon is still here in the absence of posts and in spite of all these uh, successive when prophecy fails moments? And can you kind of walk us through the trajectory since, you know, 2020 and and the subsequent uh, swearing in of Biden? Yeah, I mean, just to to briefly uh, to mention here that Q has kind of popped up occasionally since 2020, but really like in a sort of concerted way, really went quiet shortly after the 2020 election. And and yeah, I mean, it is, I think for years, even before Q went quiet, QAnon believers and the the promoters of it were sort of laying the groundwork for what I call QAnon without Q. And so that they would say, you know, as as these prophecies failed to happen and stuff, they would say, well, you know, maybe Q is sort of a a guy in his mom's basement. Um, But what maybe it isn't Michael Flynn, maybe it isn't Don Jr. But what he taught us is real. You know, that this was, maybe this was all a game, but it was a game that was like an educational game. It was teaching us the cabal is real. The the idea that vaccines are going to murder us, that's all real. It's just that um, Q sort of had to dress it up in this game to get us all to come together and see the truth. And so, you know, in terms of how they keep it going, even after Biden is inaugurated, all this stuff, I mean, it is remarkable watching how they deal with the cognitive dissonance. And so they say like, well, I guess the deep state was just tougher than we, we knew. And, and, and all these these reasons, these excuses that their dreams didn't come true. I mean, it is how they do it. Right. And and so the pandemic was, I guess, a substantial accelerant, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so with the pandemic, you know, we can think about where people found themselves in March 2020, now now three years ago, that, you know, people were, were losing their jobs. This was this unprecedented thing that in, in modern memory, it, it was a moment really where understandably a lot of people felt like they were in this very chaotic system, that things were out of control. And, you know, on a more mundane level, they also had a ton of time online. And so, you know, they were isolated from people they knew in the real world. And so they some people, you know, they sort of groped for an easy explanation and QAnon was happy to provide that. And it said, you know, it's not that, you know, this thing happened in China and then globalism, you know, and, you know, all these things are connected and there's this chaos in the system. But instead, it's just, um, you know, well, we can blame somebody. We can blame Bill Gates or George Soros or or, uh, uh, Tony Fauci. We blame these people and they're the ones responsible. And so that gives you, I think, a little bit of uh, some more agency that that you you don't feel that you live. You're just kind of being buffeted by forces and trends, but you can say, well, if we would just arrest Fauci, you know, this whole thing would be solved. A kind of random question I have that's a bit of a digressive one. It doesn't really fit in anywhere, but I'm I'm uh, determined to ask you anyway. Mm-hmm. Something that really strikes me about QAnon is the way that it sort of gobbles up these random little bits. It plucks these random little bits of cultural paraphernalia from places that seem to me anyway to be kind of arbitrary, like adrenochrome, I guess, is was popularized, you know, which is supposedly the substance being drawn from children, you know, which is at the center of all this in the Q lore. That's drawn from fear and loathing in Las Vegas in some way. And the one that really perplexes me is the slogan, where where we go, one we go all. That's from a, a Ridley Scott film from the 90s that no one's seen. I guess in relation to these two things and and maybe anything else you can think of, like, can you make sense of that at all for me? Is it totally random or what, what exactly do you think is going on there? Yeah, I mean, it, it, as you said, I mean, it really is this sort of pop culture driftwood that, that QAnon picks up, you know, this this Ridley Scott sailing movie where it's sort of like Dead Poet Society on the ocean or something like that. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it is. 
It's very bizarre. I mean, I think it's a sign of how just sort of pop culture adult Q or created it and, and it's and QAnon's followers are that they're, you know, when they're into these heroic narratives, I mean, the, this this idea. And they also, I should say, I mean, they think Hollywood, you know, is so infected by the cabal and these pedophiles. Uh, but they think a lot of this, you know, Hollywood almost flaunts it and says, you know, we're going to make a movie with all these clues in it. Uh, they, they say one thing, one of their slogans is uh, symbolism will be their downfall. And another is these people are stupid, which also really gets into this aspect of how QAnon, I think, makes the believers feel smarter, right? Like you can see someone in Hollywood who's so exalted, but you say, well, this moron, he shouldn't have put all these clues to the cabal in his movie. So, I mean, there really is this sense of, you know, and like the Matrix is involved with all the talk about red pilling people. I mean, there's so much just random pop culture stuff jammed into it. And so, I mean, when it comes to the movie White Squall, have you seen the film? Like, what is the reference? Why do you think they kind of honed in on that slogan in particular? You know, it's very mysterious. I mean, Q started posting about it. I mean, I guess Q is a fan of the movie. Uh, and so 